by the way. <laughs> Nerds. Okay. All right. Television uh, projectors, like back in the 80s, early 90s, like five, $6,000 each. Oh, yeah. Like I'm in... Um, I'm in the super center, like the grocery store the other day, and they have a little appliance area thing. And there's like for $99, this HD thing you hook up to your TV, and it'll project up to like 15 feet or something. Wow. Crazy. Hey, crazy. <laughs> crazy. Remember you know, the first uh, versions well, of those? Yeah. yeah. Well, as he was saying, they were very, well, you remember my matrimonial home I put in that. Telling me that that big screen that came in came down from the roof. Oh yeah, in the old days. And but the projector I had on the uh, ceiling was a thousand dollars. I want to say might have even been more. But it uh, what I was what we were talking about what we were talking about before we hit record, uh, folks, is the technology exists now to to basically project that image onto any wall. Whether it's and it's not a projector, it's a small. I see it on the uh, the kids have it, not my kids, but yeah, I've seen commercials touting that. Well, you should uh, you should get one and have a little yeah. segment, you know, like a tech review segment. <laughs> yeah, that's show. what we should do. That's what we should do. Uh, all right, listen, we got a lot of stuff to get through today. Dan Duran's news it's a it's a it's a miracle because Dan was not going to be here today, and he is. And then we have a, a show, so let's get it started. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in Toronto, from our Brampton facility with a pool, and from Lisa's dining room table in Peterborough. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, Architect Outdoor Living, Palma Pasta, and our newest sponsor, Stretch Lab Toronto, helping you improve posture and relaxation and decreasing your stress. And now, here are two men who are willing to sell their Instapots as collector's items or for parts, because now they have air fryers. It's Humble and Fred. Thank you, Dan Duran. Tony Clement is uh, dropping in today. We'll talk politics, Canadian and American. Uh, Yeah, we we bought an Instapot. I think we've used it once in four years. I'm sorry, I'm, be- I'm behind the curve here. What's an Instapot? Uh, two or three years ago, it was the Rage, this little thing, like a little pressure cooker, but oh, you know, I a see. little more convenient, and you can cook things that normally take an hour or two, like in 20 minutes. Uh, oh, I see here. Yeah, that's cool. Instapot. Uh, I've got an air fryer. Bought it a couple months ago. Gets used occasionally. Spencer uses it. The Instapot said that the reason I brought it up is because yesterday they filed for bankruptcy. Ah. Who owns that? Pyrex and Corel. Hey, you know what else uh, disappeared yesterday? Maybe you guys saw this story. That cheap airline that was a subsidiary or owned by WestJet, um, Swoop. Was that it? Did it? That's too bad. Uh, Yeah, I think they're going to roll it into uh, the regular service. But yeah, it's gone away. It's uh, lost a bunch of money. Didn't do what they wanted it to do, but you know the effects of COVID. I was reading uh, over the past week. Can't remember when. Doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't matter when, right? No, I no. Know as you get, I know as you get older, you get hooked up. <laughs> yesterday, yesterday, before, but, but it yeah, really the, doesn't the, matter. The timeline of this particular story is irrelevant. 
the pro you know part of the problem with inflation and uh you know um greedflation and all this uh, the airlines now suffered so much through covid airline prices are like exploding mm-hmm. you know everybody's hot to trot to get back on a plane and go places over the past year and i don't know man i don't know Where's supply and demand end? supply and demand on that one so there, you know, if you're planning a trip, you know, be ready to shit yourself when you see the price. So what do you do? You get ready to shit. Yourself. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, so you're you're just before you see the price. Should you be in a yeah. toilet or you just let her go free? Something like that. Just free range. Yeah. Just shit yourself freely. Something like that. Interesting. Get out your Instapot. Get out. Your- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I had a I, I, I had this information and I don't have it in front of me anymore. But uh, the the airlines and and the amount they've oh here it is I think the amount they've come back pre COVID where is it here eighty eight percent I believe is where they're at now you know and further to that reading about canadian debt since COVID, a lot of people have just taken the attitude i don't give a shit i'm just doing it yeah and putting and putting it on their credit card um i'll worry about paying for it later attitude and now uh, again where's it all going but and i sort of understand that uh, there's a lot of young people lost a couple of years of their life so they're catching up and they're thinking no i'm doing that i'll just put it on the credit card worry about it later and uh you know, that's a, that's the first few ingredients of a recipe for disaster, as they say. Yeah, I, I, I don't have it in front of me, but I saw it yesterday. We're, we're in 29. We're, we're back to 20. We're 88 percent of 2019 adoption of air travel. It's not the stat, but you know what I mean? Like we're it's all it's right. it's coming back mainly, I think, fueled on that attitude, mm-hmm. which is I know it's expensive. But not only did we lose a couple of years of travel, but also have a pent up desire to, yeah, you know, every, it, it kind of looks all the signs, Trump and Russia and Ukraine. It looks like the end of the world is coming. And so, <laughs> Nicole, sorry, didn't, did, I, did I surprise you too? It, it looks like, to a lot of people like this is the end. So why not throw something on the credit card and just let it go? Let it go, Dan. Just, I was just thinking how it's every day I'm thinking this now. You're thinking what? the same thing. I have conversations with Lisa about, you know, okay, the, okay, got to find a bright spot here because the, it's the end of days. As These are the end of days, exactly. The end of days, yeah, yeah. It's the end of days. I know, I know. And we uh, listen, all the signs are there. You know, a Canadian one, the Canadian Open, that's happened now, you know. Mm hmm. If we that's could just a great monitor, yeah. <laughs> what? That's right. What that's is, that's a really great monitor of the you know uh, end of days, the, the world status. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If the Leafs, if the Leafs had won the Stanley Cup, <laughs> well, that's <laughs> different. <laughs> we, I would just cash in all the RRSPs. Mm. Do you want uh, before before we get to? I, I've got something I've been uh, sitting on yeah. for a couple months here. Really? Yeah, it's a couple months, and today Room. it will hatch. Today it's about to hatch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can we can do that hatching and unveiling. We can talk about the Vegas. Do you want to talk about Vegas first? Because I know that that just happened. Uh, 
Sure. Um, I, I don't have a lot to say. I don't watch any of it. It's, yeah, I didn't watch a game. No, they they beat Florida 9-3 last night. Matthew Tuchuk, who was Florida's best player, didn't um, play because he's got had a broken sternum or something. Oh, yeah. Um, Your sternum is not a right. – it's easy to break. So that, that's all I have to say. And super. Good on them. Year six or seven yeah. of their six. existence. They, they win the Stanley Cup. Fantastic. You, the, the way I wrote it down was historic franchise, the Las Vegas Knights. Yeah. Win the Stanley Cup six years. Mm-hmm. They only came into creation six years ago. And today they hatched a Stanley Cup. Yeah. And, you know, to the fans there, I mean, great for the fans. The you know, they fill that building. Most of them are out of town people. They oh, let's go to Vegas and check out a hockey game. That, to the average Las Vegas resident, them winning the Stanley Cup would be like the Toronto Rock in Toronto winning the lacrosse championship. Yeah. It, seriously, it would be. It's like, oh, that's cute, isn't it? Oh, the local team, one of the things. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. did well, it's some social social media. Sorry, it's emotional, Dan, but. Uh, can you just imagine the proliferation, the amount of tweets and memes and all these things about the Stanley Cup being won by a Vegas team? And it's all this theme. It's like, what happens in the Stanley Cup stays in the Stanley Cup, you know. I, I've already seen them. I have too. It's dumb. Yeah. You know, when something is so predictable, you should sort of lay off. That's what I'm, I was just going to say. If you were about to release that into the social media world, shouldn't you think, nah, Everyone's going to do this. Right. And it's not, even if it's clever, it's not so clever because it's so obvious. How is it that, how is it that Vegas managed to do that in six years? Oh, don't get him started. What's the magic formula? I'll, I'll give you the 30-second actualization. What happened was Seattle, in their second year of existence, went to the conference final. Here's what happens. The Kraken. Yeah. The NHL charges like over a billion dollars for a franchise, right? Mm. Uh, An expansion franchise. So what they've decided to do is make the expansion draft where other teams have to give up players in the draft to stock the new team. They've made it so attractive now that these teams are instant winners. And what it does, it shows potential uh, expansion teams that hey you join the NHL you could have a winner really soon and mm-hmm. quickly the way their system so it's to make it more attractive to buy-ins <laughs> and um, yeah I personally think it makes the league look a bit silly I mean there are people that don't feel the same way um, and good on uh, Vegas because uh, you know they uh, they took advantage of that and won a Stanley Cup proofs in the pudding and good on them but uh, is the, is I'm, the, not big, is it really? I'm not a big advocate of it how do you how do you do how do you find it do you do you put your hands in the pudding to see if the proof's there? Do you <laughs> proof's in the pudding? Do you do you strain yeah. the pudding? Is it a sieve you use? Google it. You Google it. It. The, it. The actual term I think is uh, proofs in the making of the pudding. Oh, is it okay? Yeah. But it, well, I, I just don't right. think that's right. No one's walking around saying the proofs in the making of the pudding. But look it up. Okay, yeah, I will. You, you look you, it up. Tara, here's the thing. I've got to do something. You look it up. You look. <laughs> <laughs> you look it up. While I uh, get something else ready here. Anyway, but um, you know what the Leafs should do? The Leafs should pretend that they're an expansion team that wants to yeah. buy in because they've got lots of money. Started asked to come into the league and uh, call themselves the, uh, I don't know, the Maple Beefs or some shit. And, and then they get all the good players to come here. 
you know, Howie, over the past couple of decades, it's always sort of been out there. Should Toronto have a second team? Right. You know, New York area has three and all that, and L.A. has two. Toronto could probably support two NHL teams. Wouldn't that be something? Hilarious. Toronto gets an expansion team, and that team is instantly better than the Maple Leafs. (laughs) Exactly. I think think that would be the number one reason the Leafs would push back on it. Nah, we don't think so. We want this territory to ourselves because... They would be so exposed in that situation. Yeah, um, Dan, what is the actual phrase? The proof of the pudding is in the eating. It's the original. Oh, is it? No. The original. I've never heard that in my life. Yeah, that was uh, in 1608 or something. That's when we went to... That when, that's when Fred was at Leacock. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, all right, listen, man. Uh, What's this thing you have? Uh, well, first, let's get a little bit of business out of the way because this thing I have is going to take a minute or two. Uh, let's talk a little bit uh, about these uh, fine folks. Dan, don't go away. Do not go away, Dan. Durant. Okay, okay. I'm just looking up the uh, yeah, the but pudding. no one's ever said the proof is in the recipe of the making of the pudding. <laughs> Hey, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and racebook, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. And I'm looking at the U.S. Open line this morning. Scotty yeah. Scheffler, Howard, he is the favorite to win this tournament. Uh, can I guess who's uh, also in the uh, the top two or three? So Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm. Yes. Rory McIlroy, Brooks yes. Kepka. Oh, Howard, the four I have written down, the top four, is you just nailed them. Gee, I wonder why. Scheffler is uh, plus uh, 700, uh, Kepka plus 1100, Rom plus 1100, and Rory at plus 1400. Yeah, there you go. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that. Are you done? Yes, that's it. One of the things that a lot of athletes, golfers especially, they do almost, those guys on the tour, universally before every round, have some kind of assisted stretching. Now you can have access to the same kind of sort of modality that a lot of athletes are doing because it improves your sports performance. If you're not into some particular sport, by the way, if you're a golfer and you haven't checked out StretchLab.com, it really is one of those things. I don't want to say a game changer, but the proof is in the recipe that Aunt Betty put into the pudding. You'll increase your range of motion and flexibility, reduce muscle and joint pain. You'll even improve your posture. It certainly will reduce your stress. Uh, check out their site, stretchlab.com, and check out this offer right now, $59. I think it's $59 for 50 minutes. You get a uh, an assessment and a stretch. So check it out, stretchlab.com. Okay, uh, this is a, uh, a story. It's going to be a bit complex, but bear with me. Um, it's kind of a two-part story. It's a part of a... It started with a conversation that Fred and I had throughout the spring, sort of April-ish. We were talking about a certain thing that you and I were pretty into. And uh, did you need an announcer like, the story. <laughs> so I, I'm just trying to think. I, I was thinking about it this morning. Like, what angle would I attack this? But it started with a, a, a series that Fred and I were into. And then Fred just sort of made an offhand comment. And from that comment, I thought, oh, well, this should be easy enough to do. 
And then I got involved in something that apparently my kids have heard of, probably your kids have heard of, but I'd never heard of. It's a, it's a company called Etsy. Have you guys heard of it? Yes, I have. I've seen commercials, I think, on TV for Etsy. Haven't I? Have Et- I not? It's Etsy.com. And I, and I, yes. I can only imagine it, what it's like a... Um, what is that? Store, uh, an online sh- store. An right? online store. It's like Shopify. Uh, it, it's all vendor or um, um, run. You know, it's pretty. It's not. It's not like Amazon. Well, I guess it might be, but but in that, like when you deal with somebody on Etsy, it's a, it's a you're dealing with individual vendors. And I thought, oh, Fred made some comment about something. I thought that would be kind of cool. And I thought, oh. I'll try and get that for Fred. And I thought, well, if I'm going to get one for Fred, I'm going to get it for myself. And uh, so I started down this road of trying to buy something for us. And uh, Dan, I didn't get one. Didn't, I, I will persist. I, it's going to be awkward because I didn't get one for you. But you have had you had no connection to this thing. Um, but we'll, I'll get I'll do, you know what? I'll do something nice for you someday. I'm sure you've done many nice things. That is <laughs> I'll fun. do so. Don't worry I'll, about I'll it. Don't do feel guilty for about I, not I, including me. Okay. Okay. So I started down this road on Etsy on the 1st of May, and I ordered a couple of things for us, and the total was $97 Canadian. Okay. And in the, and, and it, it, this, I'm going to try and make this, uh, truncate this story, but in the ordering of it, something went wrong, and I put in my address, and, and I didn't know this until I had to reorder it, but something in the population or populating the address it defaulted to mexico now remember i've never used this thing before so it wasn't like i had put mexico into it prior and it just did it was never it had nothing to do with anything on my computer it just had a bit of a flaw in their system where every time i went to put in canada i thought i would click on accept and then it went to mexico and i didn't catch it so i had put in the address here on the queensway toronto Mm. ontario Mexico. So within a few days, I get a notice from Etsy saying your package is on the way to Mexico. I'm like, well, that's that's not right. <laughs> you know, listen, I love Mexico. I, I I'm, I'd like to take my package back to Mexico. You know what I'm saying? But um, I so I started corresponding with the vendor, and it's like, well, hey, it's it's was in the address uh, in the Etsy thing, and I said, I would not. I don't. I don't think I made that mistake. Yeah. If do you have a question? No, I was just when you started. I was I, I was thinking you accidentally. I, I did you know, too. Where where you were in Mexico in the winter, maybe because I remember you had ordered something or whatever. But I had ordered something, but on yeah. a different platform. Right, right. And I will tell you for Auto, for several weeks, autofilled or something. It, but I would say for I thought that too. For several weeks, I thought it was my mistake, and I thought. In my haste, maybe I, for some reason, or as you guys said, maybe it auto-populated to Mexico. And how I know it wasn't is because I had to reorder these items, and it did the exact same thing. And so, this has been going on for the better part of six or seven weeks. Oh. And, and I finally figured out the Etsy platform. I said, I, and I've been going back and forth with the vendor. I've been going, and I said to the Etsy platform, I said, listen, this isn't my mistake. This is your mistake because when I went to reorder, it kept repopulating Mexico. And then I had to, what I had to do, Dan, is I had to fill it in without it auto-filling. I had to actually type in all the details and then it let me send it to Canada. Ah. So here's, because so, here's the thing, Fred. 
I spent $100 to start with. And then the vendor said, well, all we can do is if you reorder it, we'll give you a discount. And on the discount, it was 80. So I got a few, you know, 20% off or whatever the second time around. So I was literally at one point willing to spend $186 to get us this thing that came out of your mouth around, I don't know, the end of April. And I don't know if you, uh, but, but here's what I did. I, I'm just, this is a, I'm wrapping it up. I got a hold of Etsy and said, this was your fault. And I said, you know, I don't know what you guys do. And they said, oh, we'll give you your money back. I was like, Imagine what? that. I said, what? Oh. He said, yeah, we have a guarantee, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and uh, I, I, th- I said, are you serious? They said, yeah, I mean, whatever their, their policy covers, if mm-hmm. you don't get the item for any, whatever reason, they give you your money back. Hmm. So you're probably thinking, what? What did I get? Every day it's getting closer. What's that? I, I, oh, can you guess? I think I know. Can you guess? A hat. A Wrexham hat? Oh, yeah. Wrexham nice. AFC, oh. motherfuckers. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. <laughs> this hat almost cost me $200. <laughs> but you're getting your money back. Yeah, so it costs So here's your thing. You get a choice. Between whatever color, like this is blue, and that one's black. I'm going to let you choose. Well, no, you order them, you choose. I don't give a shit. Um, you're more of a, I think you're more of a blue Wrexham AFC hat guy. Yeah, Dawn likes me wearing blue things. She says it brings out my eyes. So there you go. Uh-huh. Wrexham That's AFC. My Thank friend. you, how thoughtful. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, you know, <laughs> at first I thought I was being thoughtful, but then I'm, this became my fucking job for seven weeks. And it finally, why I'm doing it today is it finally arrived yesterday. And I got home last night. I was so excited. I thought I was going to save it for your birthday, but I'm like, nah. Now nah, I'm not saving it until whenever July. It's been too long. That's fantastic. Yeah, I thought you'd it like really that. It really is. Yeah, I thought no, you'd I'll enjoy it. wearing that hat. And I just think back of um, Welcome to Wrexham and, you know, the early parts of that series when Ryan Reynolds and his buddy, they were a little stressed out about what they had done, <laughs> what they've turned <laughs> it into. Right. Look at this. Look I at know. what you're holding because of that series. And Dan, the reason I'm playing this uh, song is this is the uh, theme for Welcome to Wrexham. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, crazy, eh? Yeah, I think you'll like this. It's 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 not a you know what I like about these hats. It's not like a golf hat or a baseball hat. It's just kind of like a well, I guess it's a baseball style hat, but it's mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of cool and it's got an adjustable thing and nice. And uh, this little because it's it's kind of the Dan. It's kind of the hat he always wears. You know when he's wearing a hat. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know that it's kind of bad. a floppy vibe. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there it is. Okay. Simply says See Rex, it on his head now. Rexum AFC. No, Howard. Dude. Well done. Yes, thank you. Yeah. It was, well done. It was one of those things I thought, oh, I'll get this and I'll, it'll be here in 10 days. And then I was going to, what I was going to do, my original thing was to, a uh, couple weeks after we, because we'd been talking about Rexum, I was going to just start the show one day with the hat on and uh, think, oh, and you'd be like, oh, I'd want one of those. I'm like, well, here you go. But the thing has gone on so fucking long. Like right. I, I was looking back at the correspondence today, Dan. You wouldn't believe some of the things I was saying to these people. <laughs> Did you say bad things? I got a little annoyed. <laughs> I can only imagine. It was getting annoying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. An adventure yeah. in commerce. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like talking to Rogers or Bell or something, right? It was, it was a little... They were very nice, the vendors. Mm-hmm. But at one point, I said, 
Do you, are you telling me that nobody who works for you knows that Toronto, Ontario is in fucking Canada? Well, sir, we process a lot of orders. I go, I know, but, yeah, but seriously. That would never, a human would never be involved in that, would they? Yeah, they, this, isn't a, this isn't a big, these are all individual vendors. Oh, okay, right. So it's not some mass it's not uh, massive. distribution I mean, center. It's right. a, okay, I mean, right. the one I was dealing with was a smaller one, but still, I'm sure, I'm sure they have hundreds of orders, but you don't think, I just kept saying, are you serious? Like somebody couldn't, anyway. Yeah, well, I'll tell you that hat. I've, I've been lucky over the years. You know, my, my travel wants haven't been that exotic, but there's a few things over the years I've wanted to do, and I've been lucky enough to do them, actually get them done. And I will be wearing that hat when I walk into the Wrexham Stadium, because I'm telling you, it's going to happen in the next couple of years. When I go into the bar, and then I go into the stadium, I will be wearing that hat. Well, we talked so much about it, and even subsequently, we've had this conversation about travel and and where we want to go, and you said you were going to go see the uh, the pub next to the stadium. Listen, I love the series, but, you know, if I, I here's what I would say. If I were in England again, it might be I don't know. It might, I might be curious enough to go and, and check it out. And if I was with like, if, you know, if I was with a group of people that were going, I would definitely go. But uh, I knew you were going to uh, you were going to like that. I just thought you would like it five weeks ago. Well, you could you could go into that Wrexham and then literally go across the country to um, Sunderland, right? Yeah, because Wrexham's in Wales, and then Sunderland's sort of in the northeast of England. Be a nice little, be a nice little uh, journey. So that would be a driving journey you're planning then, Fred, or it is could that be a, probably train in England, right? Oh, okay. So just a little uh, postscript to the story, you know, because the proof is in the caffeine or whatever mm-hmm. the recipe. Uh, so when I finally before and listen before I found out I was getting the money back, I was willing to say fuck it, you know. Yeah. Let's just, I'll just buy it for, it was going to be 190 bucks. And I, I, the vendor that I was dealing with said, we don't have any left. We, we have, sorry. They said, we have two left. Mm-hmm. There's our last two. I said, okay, I'll, do you want to buy them or not? I said, okay, just I'll buy them. And, and what happened was when I went to order them, they told, they sent me a link and it was, it says the hat didn't say uh, a uh, Rexham AFC. It said lawyer. And so I, and I'm going, I've got 23 different messages. I said, you just sent me a link for a hat that says lawyer, lawyer, <laughs> lawyer. I know. And they said, <laughs> they said, well, that's just a placeholder because we're sold out of the hats. Oh. And I said, okay, I'll press order. But if fucking two lawyer hats show up, I swear <laughs> I'm going to make my mission to, you know, I was going to go on a right. rampage. Because until I opened that box yesterday, I thought if this, I, it could still say lawyer. And then I was just going to give you a hat that said, welcome to lawyer or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, the, uh, that's a tough decision. When you, Do I want nothing for $90 or right. something for 180 That's oh, a yeah. tough decision. Oh, yeah. and, it and, is. And at the, man, before I found out they were giving mm-hmm. me my money back, I'm like, all right, that's $90 yeah. a hat. Good. Well, even at 45 that's a bit pricey for a hat i know but not not crazy but you know what i mean well depending on the hat the the lawyer hat the lawyer hat was only 38 dollars, so you know (laughs) 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 um anyway so that's the the face of a taylor swift hat oh yeah exactly well you'd have to have it all sparkly and such the um 
uh, I was at a golf tournament a couple of weeks ago with my son and uh, in the um, in the pro shop. He liked this hat. And I think one of the guys, was it Nick Taylor wearing it? It's the Nike Slash, but says golf beside it. It's almost like a throwback. And Danny bought one. I think it was 30 No, Nick bucks, Taylor's an I Adidas think. guy, but I know the one you mean. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was another one. Okay. Yeah, that's, so, I, that's their new hat. It's very cool. Yeah, but that's the way they were originally, apparently. Yeah. Like a throwback. And um, he bought one in that pro shop. In a golf uh, at a golf course for thirty bucks, and I that's a, uh, that's a pretty good deal, and mm-hmm. it, it's a good quality hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, there's a whole bunch of throwbacks now uh, in the golf uh, space. Um, what I like one, and the the one that uh, Nick Taylor I think was wearing is just the Adidas one, and all it is is three bars. Yes, it's yeah, kind of cool right. looking. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, there you go. Anyway, that's my little uh, story of uh, this thing has been going on since the first of May. I went back and looked at my history of some of the things I was saying to these people, and you know, I'm not proud of all of it. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was getting because I was getting, I, you know, it was just I found the whole thing so annoyingly American. Yes. Anyway. Well, it's, you know, I was on the verge yesterday. You know, I got one of those calls. Hey, it's Rogers calling. I said, yeah. And uh, they said, uh, we have some deals going on. I said, okay. And it, I, it was for the service I have now, they were offering it for like $89 for the next two years. And it was one of those situations. I said, yes, I'll take the take it. And they said, who are you with now? And I said, Rogers. And they said, well, I'm sorry, this isn't for you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we want We want you to keep paying double. And I said, what? And I said, no, I want the deal. You just offered it to me. And not she, she just hung up on me, just a hang up. So I was sitting there on the couch stewing, thinking, should I pick up the phone now and phone Rogers? And then I thought, I don't have the energy. I did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, 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 that's a weird concept, isn't it? Like, don't they have a different? So they phone you, they offer it to you. And when you say yes, yeah, as soon as they find out you're an existing company, <laughs> they piss all over you. It's oh, weird. Wow. It's so usually weird. in their usually in their phone scripts, when they do that, they they uh, qualify you first to find out if, yeah. you, if you what kind of customer you are. And, you, and you were found unqualified. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are. After Without you qualifications. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm yeah, looking back weird. at the history of the things. I mean. You know, I wasn't being rude, but I could you could see, uh, you know, it started off very innocently with me saying, hey, I think there's been a mistake uh, somehow. Nice Howard. Nice Howard started. Yes. Well, you know, congenial. I think there's been a mistake somehow. Mm -hmm. It autofilled to Mexico. (laughs) By the way, because, Dan, it took me about five or six updates from them before I realized, like at first when they show you your tracking status, Mm -hmm. it showed a bunch of dots going from new jersey to mexico and i I didn't really register with me like why were these dots going south (laughs) you know like the Mm -hmm. the tracking Mm -hmm. dots and then when i heard (laughs) queensway in mexico in toronto mexico honestly guys for for the for the three or four updates i just went where are these dots going to mexico Plus postal code, like is postal usually, code, Ontario, yeah, all of it. Postal code is the is the main thing now. So how would so, you know what I mean? You would think it said Mexico, but have the Canadian postal code. Yeah. Did it change that, too? Oh, no. It, did, it just kept... I hear, I, I, my first thing to where... Um, you might need some help updating my delivery address. It's, uh, it's I said, note for seller. It's, uh, I give the postal code Toronto, Ontario, and then in 
capital letters Canada. So I was looking back at the correspondence now, and as you can see, it starts off very con- congenially. I think there's been a mistake. Maybe I made it. And then, it, then there's a couple where I've got like bold caps. You Agitated know, out. Agita- <laughs> are saying things like, are you... Ca-? So let me get this straight. That was, that was a bunch of those... Uh, how long till we hit uh, how many emails before it was nuclear Howard? before I threatened them with podcast shame <laughs> <laughs> I did yeah. I did I oh, threatened did at you? some point yeah. I sent the link to our podcast and said if this doesn't get figured out I'm going to make this an entire fucking episode oh and we'll lose all 500 <laughs> customers <laughs> <laughs> I was desperate. I was desperate. I was desperate. <laughs> I was desperate. Anyway, yeah, in the in the end, yeah. if I had just no, see, I've never used. I'm going to finish by saying I've never used Etsy before, and they're great because if I had known, if I've known that they have a policy, if it doesn't get delivered for right. whatever reason, they give you your money back. Excellent. It, it is Great excellent, mm-hmm. and and not for the following. If it if an order is not received, you get your money back. Wow! And uh, I wish I what I should have done and now that I know is I should have because I thought I didn't understand that I was I knew theoretically I was dealing with a vendor, but I should have also sent a note to the company and said, "Hey, this is happening. What should I do?" By this time next year, I'm going to have a shed full of things I didn't receive. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Uh, anyway, uh, there you go. That's the story. Of can how- I share? Uh, can I share oh. my uh, my my uh, starting adventure of a uh, of a uh, uh, commerce thing as well? Um, this are you starting yesterday. Danify? <laughs> yeah, no, it just I went down the, the road yesterday over at the Peter O Theater Guild, the telecommunications mm. company. We have a new one. Uh, I kept the old one going for a while, and uh, it was time to cancel them. So I phoned yesterday to cancel our uh, our internet service. Okay. As it turns out, on the file, there's nobody that has authorization to do anything to the file. So there's a bureaucratic screw up somehow. So I couldn't cancel it because I wasn't authorized to cancel it. But nobody's authorized to cancel it. So oh, because it's a guild. <laughs> no, it's just it's a business and for some reason somebody forgot to put who who is the actual authorized person that can make right. changes to the account. So there's nobody that can make changes to the account. So they couldn't cancel it. So <laughs> so it's a talk to the manager uh, kind of thing. So what do you do? I don't know. But they said, we'll call back tomorrow. I can't figure this out. So, Did you tell them who you were? Because that usually takes care of it. <laughs> he actually knew who I was. So. Well, I bet he did. It's, oh, hey, Dan, how are you? Good yeah. to hear from you. Did you tell him you're like the president? You can classify or declassify anything you want. <laughs> yeah, I can authorize anything I'm I an, want I to. can authorize. Yeah. I, I authorize it myself. I can just think about authorizing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, that's great. Listen, we're all trying to get through every dud, you know, yeah. goddamn day. Or damn day. Now, Dan Duran's news will follow uh, a bunch of stuff about a half an hour, 45 from now. Um, Tony Clement will join us shortly. And uh, while we have a little break here, let's uh, make sure we acknowledge these peoples. 
Arcadec, a full-service turnkey building partner for clients. Uh, it means they help create the design right down to an exacting level of detail. Then Arcadec will make sure it gets built to your exact specification. Uh, hey, it's your backyard, uh, so it should be done your way. Done right, and that's what they do. It makes it simpler uh, for their clients. Uh, they source the materials. They make sure it meets building code requirements. Uh, they prepare the construction plans, apply for permits if they're needed, and Architect will manage the job site. Very, very professional. Working with Architect ensures that you get what you want, and again, that it's done right, and that's so important. Give them a call, 647-775-9222, or Archidec.com will get you there. All right, sir. Uh, let's also acknowledge our good friends at uh, the Electric Vehicle ne- Network. Let me just get that up here. I'm getting there. Hang on. Great song. Yeah, we can just groove to this for a second. Electric Vehicle Network, or evnet.ca. That's how you go about transitioning from your uh, earth-hating machine. (laughs) To uh, making the world a better place. EBNet.ca experience. Choose an experience uh, that suits you. Is it a day? Is it a weekend? Is it a week? You want to figure out if your lifestyle can jive with this. uh, Well, it really is innovative, and it is a great way to experience it. You can choose the length. You can also choose the model. It's a Nissan Leaf, or maybe it's a Kona Bolt Model 3 Tesla. All of it is there at EBNet.ca. Figure it out yourself and then give them a shout. Like, don't actually shout, but like, you know, give them a call. Uh, I just want to make sure I get the number in here. I don't have it in this particular document. Just, you know what? Trust me, they have a number. evnet.ca. Okay, here we go. I finally got it up. I mean, the number. I told you the story that when I uh, was at 97.3 and they were going to switch over to Boom, I was there for about 15 months, whatever it was, playing whatever that music was that we were playing uh, when I had a five-person morning show. Mm -hmm. And then they said, hey, we're switching over to this format the type of songs and whatever and and one of the first mornings I worked I got to play this song Mm -hmm. and uh, it was great it was like I never thought I would work at a radio station again where I got to play Losing My Religion yeah yeah this is total humble and Fred nostalgia Mm -hmm. tis tis it tis um, sports story I wanted to mention you uh, were talking about the US Open the Canadian Open had uh, one of the best ratings in years in fact 
Here's another thing I, I sent to myself. Um, but uh, the ratings were up. The highest ratings they've had since um, Tiger and uh, here it is. CBS uh, draws 3.3 million viewers for Nick Taylor's walk-off win, the highest total for the final round of the event in 23 years. It peaked during the broadcast uh, at 6.7 million, up 19% from Rory McIlroy's win last year. Whose numbers are they? CBS? CBS. Canadian numbers? No, no, that's CBS. Well, I wonder what the Canadian numbers are, because they'd have to be pretty well I, north of a million i bet that's a great question i don't have that in front of me and that's a good audience isn't it for a golf tournament oh yeah oh, even yeah. like on cbs oh yeah like for a non-major whatever yeah yeah it's pretty good and and it just goes to show you that that americans were drawn in by the story as well well that yeah it even yeah because you could you know it's just a great story. It's a feel-good story, regardless of what country it is. You know, unless it's like Saudi Arabia or some other wretched country like Syria or something. But you know, by, by the way, <laughs> some shithole. I can hear uh, Dougie. Oh, can you? Is, is he? Oh, poor Dougie's in his crate. Dougie's in his crate. Yeah, Dougie, my uh, my son's dog, on uh, Sunday uh, slipped a disc in his back. And he's on the rebound, but he's got to be in a crate for three weeks. Oh, poor Dougie. So right now, he's just trying to figure it all out. You know, at the beginning of this, lying in the crate, somewhat sedated, was fine. But he's, you know, with the meds, now Mm -hmm. he thinks he's back to normal, but he is not. It's weird because you've got your kid's dog in a crate beside you. I've got my kid's dog in a crate on the second floor here because if she's running amok, she just starts screeching at everybody. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I don't mind it. I'm just letting you know I can hear him, poor boy. Yeah, it's not like him, you know. He's just uh, uh, anyway. He's out of sorts. This dog's been around for about a year now, and it's just how we've all hopelessly fallen oh, yeah. in love with this dog and my daughter's dog too, little Winnie, just a little terrier. God, a sweet dog. It's 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 hard to describe eh oh yeah how you fall in love with them but anyway dougie had us concerned over the past couple of days well it's even an ongoing thing you know the type of dog french bulldog the a disc isn't good but with good long rest and some meds could be fine oh, he'll be fine <laughs> he's only uh what is he, a year and a half old mm-hmm oh buddy but he's a good boy he is a good boy I probably, in retrospect, we've got him down in the basement because Winnie is here also. My daughter just happened to be away this week, but we don't want Winnie around Doug because he gets all freaked out. He loves being around Winnie. Mm. So (laughs) I probably should have done this show upstairs today. Poor Doug. It's okay. He's been so Uh quiet. I mean, it's been an hour and 10 minutes that uh, you've been on the the meeting here. It's the first time I've heard him. Mm Mm-hmm. Poor boy. Yeah, I can. I had, uh, I was, I was going to, wasn't because Charlie was away and I've got uh, Billy. And uh, so this morning I let her out and we were hanging around and then she was sort of hanging around the studio with me. But the problem is anytime there's a noise, mm-hmm. she just starts to screech yap and uh, right. it's, it's too disruptive. 
But uh, we're going to press on. We've got, oh, here we go. Look at that, man. Look at people. Look at him. Hello. Oh, I think he's in Brampton today. Is that a good guess? In Brammy, yes, yes. Um, Tony, before we officially welcome you to this program, uh, can you uh, check your microphone? Because I'm not sure if it's coming through the computer or not. Oh, okay. Hold on. Yeah, I'm, I got a feeling that it hasn't clicked on yet. How's that? There it is. Okay, thank you. Sound very, uh, very professional now. Well, it's the first time for everything. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know why you'd bother on this program, but hey, but you do you. Uh, he is a, a former member of Parliament for Perry Sound, Muskoka, and is the host of And Another Thing podcast. Whenever we have Tony on, we never know where we're going to find him. Last uh, month, he was in Washington as part of some uh, geopolitical right-wing roundtable, uh, whatever the hell he's up to. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, I know you don't follow him because you're not on the social medias like me, but uh, I saw a picture of Tony's place up north. Is that the cottage or is that your house up north? That's my house, yes. It's beautiful, man. Thank you. See, the thing is, like, it's a kind of it's a kind of place where... If we were like just a titch better friends with Tony, you'd say, "Hey, Tony, can I just pop up to the Skokas and uh, hang at the uh, Lakeside Mansion because it's pretty nice." We've got two guest bedrooms, guys. You're you're oh, always welcome. Right. Oh no, I think Howard means without you there. <laughs> oh, oh, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I love when you think what he means is Airbnb with no cost. <laughs> no, what he gotcha. means. no, yeah. no. You know, I can just see uh-huh. you and I in the guest bedrooms hanging around playing Yahtzee with Tony Clement. You know, having a few pops, talking about the state of the world. <laughs> But uh, I don't know what social media I saw it on. I said, when Tony's on next, I got to tell you, that's, that's a nice home. That was an Instagram post. I ah, is, that, is it actually on the lake? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're kind of above the lake. Above, uh, there's, the lake goes into a, a channel. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's a dam, and we're about 60 feet above the dam. So we're kind of right at the tail end of the lake before it goes into the Muskoka River. And so do you have damn. one of those? <laughs> damn. Do you have one of those things where you go, like you have lots of stairs, and you go down, and you've got your dockside, like mini yeah. house, like one of those houses, like a tiny dockside cottage where you don't have to keep going up and down the stairs? And Well, we have, uh, we, we do have, uh, you know, uh, a a play a dock but uh it's it's kind of a land dock it's not a it's not a water house uh right. thing there for the boats but uh but we 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 have we do have access to the water for sure and nice uh, and we're we're kitty corner to my in-laws whose mm-hmm. place is right next door to us and they've got more beach and, and yeah, more can I stay, maybe i can stay at their place if they're not around yeah they'd, lo- they'd love that <laughs> oh, uh, i was gonna say down by the water do you have one of those like a uh, tiki bar with a beer fridge set up things but you don't drink so Hmm. My 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 father. You have has a buble. Beer. You have a blue buble fridge. Or yeah, whatever. exactly. Yeah. My father in law has a beer fridge down there. Don't worry, oh, Fred. Oh, all right, we'll look after you. Okay. Okay. So well, that's good. We got it. We're set up. You got. You know, I could stay at uh, the in laws' place. You stay with Tony, and uh, it'll be good. perfect. And then when I get, uh, you know, all introverted and weird about eight thirty or nine, I'll just go off on my own and. Uh, and we'll never see you again. Oh, no, until the next morning. And I'm good during oh, the day. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm daytime Howie's fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where you want to start, Freddie, but I mean, obviously the biggest story in politics, and I know it's an American story, but it is one of the biggest stories in our time that a U.S., former U.S. president is indicted for mishandling classified documents. I did want to start with this question, though. 
let's take the other side of it. What, what is the difference between what he's done, in your opinion, and what other presidents have done? They keep talking about, oh, Biden and his Chinese food, um, rest of classified documents, uh, Clinton did this. What's the difference, Tony? Well, I think there's a, a, a legal question here and there's a political question, obviously. So on the legal side, it's utterly irrelevant what other, um, uh, you know, presidents and vice presidents have done what what uh, Trump has to eventually meet when when this does go to trial is what he did and and the kinds of things that he said and did and uh, you know one of the most damning things that I read about was that he acknowledged that he had not declassified certain documents but uh, he still was th- showing them around to people who did not have clearance so th- those are the that's the kind of evidence against him that and he'll have to meet that obviously he's innocent until proven guilty but you know what i mean then there's the political argument uh, w- to which you referred howard and that is all about well you know they're persecuting me donald trump and they're they never went after hillary and they never went after Biden and uh, uh, that that ongoing way that Trump always deals with uh, accusations against him is to be the aggrieved party and to say that there's a double standard. So that's that's going to be the ongoing political debate in the states as per usual, as per usual. And again, it's, you know, his space. It's politics for dummies. He knows none. None of those people will read that indictment because people who know, I mean, right down to Bill Barr the other day. What's in there? Any other person would have their ass rammed in jail for the rest of their lives. I mean, it's unquestionable if they are guilty, which he seems to be. But, you know, I I'm reading the other day. uh, I I was reading yesterday. You know, it's got to be a unanimous. The jury has to be unanimous. All 12 people. Right. And I think it would be naive to think that this con man prick asshole isn't going to get to a juror. Easy I now. think there there will be juror tampering. <clears throat> oh yeah, I've got to you know. And people say, oh, okay, what you know? That's the thing. Well, it is in Florida, is where he's like the the prince of Florida. Well, this is what I mean. And people say, oh, that's what movies are made of. But I'll tell you, he'll try. They will try. All they have to do is get to one. That's right. Yeah. Even uh, even if it gets to trial. Yeah, no, that's true. And and uh, the, the jury selection is going to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Right? Very, very good point you make because they have to f- somehow the prosecution and defense have to agree that uh, 12, uh, 12 jurors are, in fact, uh, capable of rendering a decision without any bias. Uh, yes. Good luck to that. Well, especially in again, especially in Florida with a judge that he appointed who's already had some chicanery. She had uh, her ruling about not to get too deep into this, but she had one of her rulings overturned by a, a circuit court judge. So it, it you know, and. It's always it's funny how it always lines up. As you said, Tony, anybody else in this situation, it's a slam dunk. All the based on the evidence that we know. But for some reason, you know, Trump's greatest superpower is that nothing seems to stick with him, sticks to him with his base. Right. Yeah, it's it's true. And and uh, we we've had been having this discussion we as in the world has been having this discussion uh, mm-hmm. since uh, 2015 and uh, every time he gets accused of uh, I, you know there's always CNN or somebody saying this is the end of Trump yeah mm-hmm. well guess what he's still here and he's he's raising money now on the indictment uh, he's still you know mm-hmm. dozens he's of the front runner by 40 points yeah his exactly. ratings went up right because this is uh, I uh, 
you're the only people that will listen to me, Howard. (laughs) (laughs) But the uh, the only way to beat Trump is not in any of this stuff. We're talking politics now. The only way to beat Trump is to is to get into the minds of Republicans that he is a three time loser and you don't want to nominate a loser. Um, I, I still believe that. Yeah. Chris Christie was great the other night doing that. They they need more of that. But um, just to get away from Trump for a second while I think about it, Gavin, Gavin, Gavin Newsom, Newsom. he's been he's been talking a lot lately. We even went on Fox the other night with Hannity. I have a feeling like he's positioning himself in case the old man can't get through this, can't get through the next several months being Joe Biden, because Biden, you know, Trump's biggest asset right now probably is Joe Biden. He looks like a train wreck. He really does. So I'm just wondering if if the do you think I mean, you're an insider. Do you think the Democratic Party is they have to be behind the scenes grooming somebody? Right. And and uh, although that's a very, I think, uh, on point uh, suggestion, you're not the first one to suggest Mm -hmm. that. Uh, and so, yes, uh, Newsom, he, he's taken pot shots uh, at DeSantis, uh, you know, mm-hmm. suggesting that he should be arrested for kidnapping and, you know, just mm-hmm. basically to get himself into the national dialogue on, on certain issues. So, yeah, I mean, it, and I think there's a general understanding that if somehow Biden falters, which is always possible. Sure, sure. Uh, uh, that Kamala Harris is not the answer. No. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, uh, you know, he's he's the governor of uh, of the largest state in the union and uh, would be in a poll position. So you watch the watch this space. There's a lot, sure. probably a lot of maneuvering going on mm-hmm. at very deep level in the Democratic Party, just in case they need a plan B. I, I would mm-hmm. not be surprised at that. I don't want to talk about it now, but remind me at the end of, uh, of your segment, I want to recommend something I think that you'd really enjoy. And if you haven't already seen it. Um I want to ask this question again. I don't want to be personal. And you know how I and well, both of us feel about religion. But as a man of faith, excuse me, as a man of faith, somebody that does believe and is also a guy that's been around politics in Washington, in Ottawa and around the world as a political observer, does it what does it do to you? How do you feel? When you see Trump embracing and the and the Christian fascists embracing Trump and him with this faux religious, Freddie was telling me this morning that there's a some photos of Trump and a bunch of people praying in that restaurant yesterday, yeah. that Cuban Cause, restaurant. Because all of yeah, the rest of us just see it as as chicanery and and mockery and whatever. But somebody that believes, what does it feel like to you? Well, I think that uh, the ultimate judge that I believe in is the higher power is God, right? So, you know, people can judge, but uh, we're not very good at that generally. Uh, and uh, hypocrisy comes into the play. So when I, when I see that, uh, you know, look, I look at as a Christian, we're all broken people. That's, that's the thing you have to understand in Christianity. All of us can never re- reach the standard of, of what God demands of us. And the only way in, in my faith, the only way to do that is, is through the sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf. So that's, that's the canon of Christianity. So right. when I look at somebody like Donald Trump, uh, you know, I, I, I am commanded by my faith to, uh, on a, just on a strictly personal level 
to to pray for him and to uh, to to wish that he would lead a better life mm-hmm. and that uh, that uh, that uh, God would find favor in him even d- despite his many his many 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 faults right because and and that's that's the structure of of my faith so that's on a personal level on a political level uh you know i i have concerns about that uh i i really do and and um uh i, I think the problem and and here's where the problem is for someone like myself is when 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 you look at that and you're obviously uh, i understand your position on on religion generally but it it makes all christians look bad right mm-hmm. uh and 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 it is not that's not what our faith is commanding us to do is to is to take these very very political positions we're supposed to worry about the soul not about the political dynamics mm-hmm. in a particular election cycle that's what i believe um does that how do you explain well maybe you just explained it um it seems the most far out whacked out trumpers mega fans always lean on religion they bring the lord up to it god bless you uh mr president and uh, the lord will get you back to the kingdom of uh the white house or whatever they say is that what they're doing they're sort of praying for him even though as christians or whatever they are evangelicals whatever they're watching a guy who's a literal literally a pig and yet they they support him. Like, are they praying for him? Like, what is it? What is that attraction of mm-hmm. deeply religious people to a person that has done nothing but dis- display a lousy, rotten, ruthless lifestyle? I think it just comes down to uh, the the belief by some of these uh, actors that uh, the way the United States is going is in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, Trump uh, can be counted on to uh, to halt some of the things that they're concerned about in in the public life mm-hmm. of America, whether it's the debate about uh, LGBTQ or whether it's abortion right. or yeah. some of these other issues, which you know seem to drive American politics. Uh, don't they don't drive Canadian, but they certainly drive American politics. So I, th- I think it, that must be part of it. Um, Keep in mind that America is far less religious than it was even 20 years ago. There's been a precipitous decline in faith in the United States, some of it to do with the Catholic Church and and its problems, uh, some of it to do with uh, evangelical churches and their problems. Uh, And so uh, what you're seeing is not majoritarian it's it's a, a particular group of people that are still active politically and very loud politically but uh i think you know there 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 is some I, i'm not saying that uh, america is faithless there's, there's underlying faith but uh the attachment to these kinds of politicized and mm-hmm. weaponized discussions is 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 not very prevalent see i i, I think they're very i think they're linked to fred's question and I, we've had this discussion in some parts of it before They're linked because the blind faith that the MAGA group has, why it's tied to religion, is because the 
I'm going to use this word, the jingoistic aspect of it, the sort of dogma of religion and and politics coming together. It, there's always been an element in the States of it. The event, you know, you've always had to, you know, the difference between Canada and the States is I, I had no idea what religion Stephen Harper is or Pierre Polyev or Justin Trudeau, because you don't need to to have that as part of your vanguard to get elected. Right. And as you know, we've all discussed before that only one president in history has been Catholic. I mean, they're all, everyone else is of a certain similar ilk. But but why it's so, I, I would say, for someone like you, maybe, a, a, a bit of an issue is because you, in your faith, it's, you know, judge not lest you be judged. And yet, as a, as a human being, it's hard, you know, as Freddie pointed out, hard not to judge it. Yeah, and, and we do that, and and uh, you know, f- to those who would say, well, the, uh, these these particular Christians are being hypocritical. If you actually understand our faith, uh, we're all hypocrites. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's not a single person. Oh, yeah. There was yes. only one person alive ever right. who wasn't a hypocrite, and they and they crucified. And that was Tiger so, Woods. So, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, just bringing it back to the nonsense just for a second. Yeah, yeah. There's only one so, person so, who can't so be criticized. But that's that's how it works, and that's why we need saving because we we, we cannot live up to that standard. So oh, yeah. for those who are praying for Trump because he's a a, a very dark and failed human being, I, I applaud that. For those who are praying for a particular political result, I, I don't understand that form of prayer. To be honest with you, well, well, well said. I mean, and you know what? You've answered Howard's original question. I mean, that's true. It's what you've said. It's like. It all depends on where you're coming from, what your motives are, and how genuine you are. And uh, unfortunately, there's too many sinister people in the mix, unfortunately. True enough. True mm-hmm. enough. Um, just to bring this around to Canada a bit, you know, we talk about in a country of 350 million, whatever it is, the United States, it's hard to believe those two guys are the guys. Mm-hmm. You know, just think of the talent pool. Mm-hmm. Just think of that. And then yesterday I see that Bonnie Crombie, the mayor of Mississauga, is going to become, you know, is going to go for the liberal leadership, which I'm convinced she will win. Mm -hmm. And she will become the next premier of this province. And the reason she will, it'll go from Doug Ford, you know, down and dirty guy to this very smart, well-presented woman. It couldn't be better for the liberals in Ontario to have that person run against Doug Ford. It, on some level, it's got to make you feel good when you look at the United States. When, mm-hmm. when they're, what they have to choose from, this is what they've got. Your thoughts on that? I, I, I've known Bonnie for 30 years. So mm-hmm. um, when I, uh, fun fact, when I, the very first thing I ran for was Toronto City Council in 1994, and she was my campaign chairman. Wow. Oh. So we go back uh, that far. But uh, and of course, we've stayed, uh, you know, we, we followed each other's careers. And she was for a momentary period in the same parliament that I served in uh, before she was defeated. And uh, and uh, she restarted her career in Mississauga. And we've we've kept, uh, you know, not close, close, but uh, we, we were in definitely in in good terms. And so I, 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 I agree with you. I think she's got a lot of excellent leadership qualities uh and um she has the capability of building a new coalition it'll be interesting to see how she positions herself she she kind of mused about being a center right 
uh, premier. Uh, were she to be elected premier, then some liberals didn't like that too much. So she she backtracked a little bit on that. So she's got to she's got to mm-hmm. tell us how she would govern and, uh, you know, what she's talked about fiscal responsibility, which is interesting coming from a liberal, I must say. Uh, and uh, easy and so now there. So. Come on. Mm-hmm. Let, don't so, judge you know, not lest you be judged, mister. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. True. Yeah, yeah. That fair well, point. The, the point is, I mean, again, there's a lot of this story still needs to be told. Yeah, but I'm just exactly. talking about imaging presentation, the way politics works based on, again, um, appearance. Yeah. Actual yeah. appearance counts so much now, mm-hmm. and I think it does. Uh, yeah. that's going to be a winner. Hundred percent. So she she's going to be formidable. I think the four team knows that, and they're undoubtedly preparing for that. I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, we couldn't let you do uh, appear on our program without a uh, poly of update. And uh, I, you know, it's summertime. I've been, I haven't been following much, you know, on the social medias with him. Um, he does have a bit of a. I don't know if, to be fair, a Christian base. Uh, do we? And again, I, I couldn't tell you his religious background because it's usually not important to fire up your Canadian base the way they do in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the what's what's a Pierre Polyev uh, spring summer look like? He's going to be out and about a lot. Uh, he'll probably be in the GTA once a week. Uh, I would expect. Um, and he will be uh, engaging with many, many different communities. You mentioned the Christian community, of course, but, uh, you know, Hindu, Muslim, uh, Sikh, uh, you name it. Uh, he'll be he's been doing a lot of events in those communities to introduce himself to as many people as possible because he's a new leader. He hasn't, mm-hmm. uh, he hasn't run for prime minister before. Uh, so that, I think, will continue through the spring and summer. Uh, the House is still sitting right now, gents. Uh, it'll rise probably in a couple of weeks. Uh, so he still is around uh, Parliament Hill and in, in question period when he needs to be. But uh, once the House rises, you're going to see him with the barbecue circuit and mm-hmm. with as many events as he possibly can do. So that's that's what I expect. We have a national convention in Quebec City in early September, so he'll be prepping for that as well. And that uh, after that is done with, I expect we'll start to gear up to nominate candidates for the next general election, which could be next year or it could be the year after. Nobody really knows. Right. And when's the Humble and Fred appearance? Yeah, I was just going to get to that. Yeah. Yeah. Because listen, he's he's, he's, I heard you say a bunch of religious groups he's meeting with, but he needs to talk to the Jews. You know what I'm talking about, Tony? He comes through me, I'll get him the Jew vote. I'll, I'll I'll put that message in. <laughs> Send that to Pierre. Send that <laughs> yeah, clip to Pierre. That's sure. the power that Howard has. <laughs> that's right. It is. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is fine. I'm king of the very moose jaw. You may even get him around at Oakdale, dude. Mm-hmm. I'm the. Yeah, it's very funny. I'm the. Uh, I'm the king of the moose I jaw. I love that course, by the way. I yeah, me too. Many times. It's I have too. Yeah, that's a uh, from for people who don't know. We're talking about it's a uh, a Jewish centric golf course. Uh, for many years, a. A Jewish-only golf course, much like the other courses in town, which I won't name, that are that don't allow Jews. Well, that was why Oakdale existed. Exactly. Uh, I I know you were talking about it, but uh, it existed because Jews were not invited to play in any other courses. Uh Needed one. Uh You know, that's. I was telling that story the other day, and my kids are around. It's just 
they look at you like you're not telling them the truth. Yeah. yeah. That in this city in which we live, that actually took place within my lifetime. Within right? the time I was here, exactly. That's right. It's like they look, come on. It's like, yeah, yeah, yes, that happened. If you'll indulge a quick anecdote, uh, when I first came here working with Fred, I was calling around to some different clubs to see what, you know, I didn't understand the protocol. And, and then I, I asked a guy that we worked for, I worked with actually. Or uh, doesn't matter who he was. I don't want to embarrass him. And I said, hey, you're playing at that course. I said, I'd love that. I mean, I've heard it's a great course, and I'm looking to join someplace. I said, and his father was a member. I said, ask your dad uh, what the criteria, how much it costs, you know, what there's a waiting list, etc. And weeks went by, and he never got back to me. And finally, I found out why. It's because he was embarrassed that they don't allow my people. And this was ni- in the early 1990s. Mm. Wow. Yeah, man. 1990s. And by my people, I meant loud, <laughs> loud, obnoxious radio people. And they didn't want those people. Right. <laughs> oh, anyway, well, listen, we've, we've solved a lot of problems as always. Uh, I like the fact that we're going to hang out at Tony's, his place, his mother-in-law place. It's going to be great. Yeah, I think it'll be a fun time. You're always welcome. I know that. People say, people always say that until we actually <laughs> do <laughs> No, Show he up. is sincere. I know he is. Mm-hmm. By the way, I don't um, know with whether my wife is sincere, but I'm no. sincere about this. Mm-hmm. Your wife would be like, Tony, what have you done? What have you done now? Yeah. And you'd be like, By the way, my wife really enjoyed your wife's book, that gift you gave. That's Off so the top, what's the, what's the name of it? Um, well, the, the series was Beneath the Alter, Alders, right. and there was a, 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 a trilogy of uh, historical novels that she wrote about Brampton. And, uh, yes. One of them was a bestseller. It was on the bestseller list. So Yeah, I think that's the one you gave me. Yeah. It yeah. says that right on it. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Well, thank you. I'll pass that along to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very nice. Well, listen, Tony, uh, Anthony, uh, Clement, uh, it is summertime. And living is easy. And I know you'll you'll appreciate a little sublime version. And another like thing, podcast is uh, Tony's, one of his many jobs. He does a Saturday night radio show, and he runs an Airbnb for uh, <laughs> for uh, wayward announcers in Muskoka. Until we uh, meet again, my friend. Thank you. Thanks, Tony. Stay, okay, guys. stay strong, Thanks. Tony Clement. Thanks stay for strong. being a humble and Fred uh, regular and being so honest. Yes. I love it. No, That's it's Tony Clement. He once he was once semi in charge of this country, and now look at him. <laughs> Poor fellow. Maybe we should forget about Polyev. We should try and see if he'll get his buddy Harper on the show. Yeah. Oh, you'd love that. That would be like that would be like you, me getting Bobby Orr on. Yeah. No, I was a fan and uh, understood what he did at the time, and uh, still still feel the same way. I think he was the right guy at the right time. And, uh, By the way, uh, I'm looking at. Uh, some images of Bonnie Crom Bonnie Crombie. Yes. Yeah. I see it. It's gonna get a lot of votes. Oh, without it. Yeah. I just it's you know, it's to me that's true. I mean they will elect her um as the leader. Yeah. No doubt in my mind. And just what what a contrast to Ford in the next election. It's uh well yeah, you, the, it's funny. People are already doing that. Um, here, I'm, 
I don't. Nor, I don't and, and it's not that I dislike Doug Ford either. I mean, I'm really here and there on him. I like. I don't have any major beefs with him or anything. But I'm just saying, from a political, strategic standpoint, it's yeah. like, yeah, you're, I don't you know, do this very. Seem to know what you're doing. I don't do this very often. But look at that. There are. Look at that contrast side by side. I'm, just, I'm sharing the screen with Fred. See that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's quite the contrast. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Here's another nice picture of her. It's very um. It's very attractive. By the time that election rolls around, it'll be like, ah, I think we've had enough of them. Let's. Uh, well, I think a lot of people have had enough of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And um, and I'm not. Listen, I'm not going to. After the some of the blowback I got yesterday, I'm not going to speculate as to the state of her feet. Although, if I had to guess, I'd say they were pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tomorrow, we'll answer some of your emails. I got a few uh, comments about my uh, encounter with the young woman and then pointing out that I thought her feet were attractive. Uh, emails uh, on Thursday, Fred, are brought to us by Palma Pasta. Palma Pasta, the title sponsor of our email show. <clears throat> and I'd like to announce today that um, for the rest of this month, which is just a few more weeks, we will be uh, picking out what we call the email of the month Brought to you by Palma Pasta, palmapasta.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to be arbitrary uh, in so much that uh, we're going to just get a bunch of the emails. We'll put them in a, we'll have a, some kind of generator. And then we'll just pick out a number. And that person, it won't, doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean the best email. But if you email us or have emailed us in June, Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com, we will give you a $100 gift card for palma pasta yeah and i like that system because how do you judge the best email because you know people email us with you know their particular um opinion or grievance or whatever you know and one isn't any better than the other actually right so well and the fact that we have I love when radio people do this. We have the best listeners. Oh, we do. We do. Very, yes, very intelligent. You know, yes. And, you know, I mean, we can go right down the thing. You know, they've, you know. College educators make yeah. $150,000 <laughs> a year. Right. They, have, uh, they all have a uh, university education. <laughs> it's amazing. Every radio station on planet Earth That's has right. a highly educated High income listenership. That's it's right. amazing. And every time you see a radio station's advertising deck, it's like, wait a second, isn't that's just like ours? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's what's happening. I should have announced it a few weeks ago, but I'm doing it now. I didn't announce it because I forgot. Okay, palmapasta.com, four locations, one in Oakville, and they will be the uh, sponsor of tomorrow's uh, email extravaganza. Are you all caught up, by the way? Because I got Tim Niblett standing by. No, I can do it afterwards. Yes. I have the chambers plan. Why don't you wait uh, while we get the nibs, while we get Mr. Nibbles. Right. <clears throat> and um, we'll get uh, Tim all settled here and get his introduction music and make sure his mic's working and everything. That's not it. Okay, here we go. Bow, bow, bow. now that music means it's Wednesday and uh, our uh, weekly visit 
but the man with the plan. I mean, I'm, I would say we reference him many times, even aside from his regular uh, spots and such, because he's such an influence. Please welcome to our program, the Retirement Sherpa, everybody. Good morning, Timmy. Good morning there, boys. How we doing? Very good. Uh, you know. You know. Well, I had a minor crisis here. Our beloved uh, Allie was sitting in the back door watching her mom uh, do some yard work, and, and she was kind of wanting to go play, so I didn't figure the listeners wanted to hear her screeching for 10 minutes or so. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We were talking about her. Uh, you, that's Allie, by the way. It's Tim's new dog. I've got Charlie's dog here. Uh, Fred's got his son's dog there. and uh, I got both grand dogs. And uh, the reason I don't have Billy here in the studio is because anytime somebody walks by, she shrieks. She doesn't, she shriek yaps. She doesn't bark. The noise she makes is like uh, from a a scary film. So she's up in a crate somewhere. Fred, maybe we should be talking with our dogs about establishing their own social media (laughs) accounts. It seems to work pretty good for uh, for some. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah, the goddamn dog's got its own merchandise. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, you're going to... Can't I, beat that. <laughs> the, the, the thing is, you'll probably get a call from, you know, Billy just to uh, and see where he can put some of this money she's making. Um, uh, as, now we're talking. You know, <laughs> one of those uh, books that mm. is sort of, you know, one of, it's been around so long and it's referenced so much. Even many, many years later, I got to say at least 30 years later, is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and the author is Stephen Covey. And when I saw your note here today, one of the things that always stuck out in that book for me was the idea of beginning with the end in mind. The idea that you have to have a place to go, and it, it really does fit when it comes to what you do. You know, it really does. I I can't even tell you the last time I read that book or looked at it or saw it or whatever, but I still remember from 30 years ago, probably, like you say, uh, so many of the uh, tenants, right? Seek first to understand before being understood. Anyhow, I could rhyme them all off. Uh, it, just a seminal work, just an amazing uh, book. And for sure, right, when we talk about retirement with clients, it, the better uh, an idea they can get of what matters to them beginning with the end in mind, then of course it's a lot easier to figure out how to make the pieces of the puzzle work to, to get there. So the, in this situation, it's like, uh, you become an investor, you put a plan together and it's what will my retirement look like? What, what, when I retire, what do I want to be able to doing? What freedom do I want? All those things. Correct. Yeah, I mean, of course, the first kind of easy one, you know, is is what age do you want to retire at? And sometimes it gets complicated when you've got spouses that are different uh, ages, appreciably different ages. How are you not know anything about that? I've been I've been appropriate aged as well, my friend. <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, some of them might uh, one might like the job and one might not. Uh, another thing that we say to people not facetiously is the most important one to really probably know is how long will you live until and how active will you be how expensive so to speak will you be in your your later years and all that that's the hardest one for us to 
pinned down with people, but you look at longevity and family and habits and, and all that. But that's an important part of the process also. Is age more of a moving target now than it used to be when it comes to investing just because volatility or is it still basically the same? Like, you know, I'm 40 years old. I start my plan. Um, I want out at 65. Can you still pretty much stick to that if you stick to the plan? Well, it, it, you should be able to, depending on mm. how it's been set up, especially yeah. if you've been acting on it since the age of 40. The odds are pretty good by 65. You'll be okay. Um, mm-hmm. An interesting part on that is is I'll often, it feels like weekly, have a client go, well, I'm thinking of retiring in a couple of years. Maybe we should start being more conservative in the portfolio. Uh, you know, common wisdom used to be there is a relationship between your age and how many bonds uh, percentage-wise you had in there. But, you know, if if you think of it nowadays, hopefully at the age of 60, 65, we've got another two, maybe three decades to, to go, right? So you, you can't all of a sudden metaphorically stick stuff under the mattress because you still need it to grow, especially current days with what inflation is doing to our our purchasing power, right? So, yeah, age is... Uh, is a tough one to figure out, but it's it. We got to have a starting point somewhere. Well, you've mentioned right this before it. too that you don't want to outlive your money, and you know that the the idea that you know people would retire at sixty five, and you know thirty forty years ago, our parents, a lot of people were passing away in their early seventies. So you would retire at sixty five. You only needed seven to ten more years of money. But as you pointed out, you know. And again, my experience this winter hanging around with a lot of uh, men and women that were late 70s into their mid to eight, late 80s. Those people still want to, you know, they don't want to move back in with their kids. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that kind of ties into the lifestyle bullet on here, too. Right. Like when retirement comes around, you just want to sit in your uh, in your basement under your Campbell soup blanket and watch somebody else win the Stanley Cup or whatever. Mm. Or, Sounds or great. Wanna... <laughs> Sounds great. Nice shot. <laughs> are you talking, Tim, are you talking about the historic franchise of Las Vegas Knights? That's right. I tell oh, you, yes. I think that's where we're missing. Toronto should uh, get an expansion team. So Howard said that. He's right. I said, you know, by the way, when, when I think back to my childhood watching uh, Las Vegas play Montreal and those black and white, you know, games yeah. with, you know, you know, yeah. Danny Gallivan call. There's another goal for the Knights. Oh, my goodness. It does bring back. Anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> sorry, Fred. My apologies. Uh, so, do you want to travel the world, right? Uh, some some acquaintances down in Florida, they did a around-the-world cruise Wow! Uh, when they retired. That takes a few shekels and a lot of planning to go and do that, right? So, uh, that, that's super important. How active do you want to be? Uh, how interactive with the, the family, with the kids, the grandkids, you want to do stuff with them, uh, you know, how that looks to people. And it's different to all of us. Uh, some of those plans take a lot of money and some of them don't take too much. Speaking of plans, um, what I'm going through right now, Delise and I live in a big house. We don't need all this space. I don't necessarily want to live in Brampton anymore and only because it's so congested now and the infrastructure doesn't support it and on and on and mm-hmm. on. But where to go? I'm paralyzed. It's weird because I don't – everything we look at, I might get a bit excited and then all of a sudden I get this deep sinking feeling like, yeah, but that's not my home and I will I be happy there and is it the right place for me? And I think what comes – what that comes from is being in this house for 27 years 
and I'm thinking, I guess a lot of people go through it. I admire those people that can just sort of turn their back on that and say, it's just a house. It's just a box and I'm going to move on. But I'm really paralyzed isn't overstating it. I just, I don't know how to make that move. Do you see a lot of that? Well, past the habits, uh, or sorry, past the, the box, as you call it. And, yeah. and you know, I, I, we've been almost the same amount of time where we are here in Burlington. Uh, it's just a lot of routines, right? Even yeah. your doctors or, or mm-hmm. optometrists or yeah. just a number of things you do on a regular basis. A, a place that a number of people, and, and I can totally understand why, have moved to in the, the past few years is out in the, the Niagara area, right? In wine <laughs> country and in, in Grimsby and Vineland and, and that sort of thing. Um, and, and as best I can tell, it's worked out pretty darn well for all of them. But yeah, you've got to get a whole new set of kind of connections if you <laughs> geographically move. Uh, but in some cases, of course, you can have a lot of extra purchasing power. You can have a lot of equity unlocked in your home right. to... To enjoy it too. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I've you've, I've known you for thirty four years uh, mm-hmm. this summer, and you've lived in two places, right? In those thirty four years, I've lived in. Yeah. This is the fifth place I've lived, but I can tell you, it's not. And, and from experience, it doesn't get easier. But right. but it does. You you know you you would adapt just like you have adapted to everything else in your life. I get a bit argumentative on wine, so I can't move out there. No. That's, uh, um, and, you know, I, I want to talk to you after, Tim, about, you know, how, how you're, you say you're paralyzed. Like, are you based all feeding you or, you know? <laughs> no. You, anyway. It, it's just every, you, you might look at a listing and get excited, and then, yeah. but quickly it's like, oh, yeah, but that means selling the house and moving. and not well, It's a super sure drag. That that's where you want to be. And, I mean, I got to get over that. But, again, the, my question was, I, I imagine a lot of people that have been in their homes for pushing 30 years feel that way it's uh some do some don't but anyway no i i told uh, i listen man i think that's very relatable even though i've been here seven years i start thinking about okay if in the next when would i want to get out of here you know physically it's a lot of work going up and down these stairs all the time right but it's also mm-hmm. like okay what it's a i'm not quite paralyzed but i can um I can't, um, I don't know what's my next move. Do I go into a mm-hmm. condo? Am I going to say, well, how, where will I swing golf clubs? Uh, but these are the kind of things you talk over with the retirement yep. Sherpa. Sure are. That's right. Well, yeah, listen he's to, the guy to talk to because just listen to the way he's answered these questions. No, I know. It's, it's, it's so logical. He's, it's like he's more you know of He's nice. He's more of a financial therapist. Uh, I can't let you go. I, I know I'll, I'll probably see you this afternoon, but you're always surrounded by your entourage, and it's hard to get a word in. But um, what? Uh, where were you on uh, Sunday when history was made? Well, as you know, because we invited our valued client, uh, Mr. Glassman, to the, yes. the last round. Yes, we, you did. Uh, we were uh, set up uh, shop behind the ninth uh, green mm. with a great group of clients. Uh they were uh, interacting very well with each other. Most didn't know each other before. And so we watched everybody come through. Uh, you know, just it was a fantastic spot to do. And then some kind of went wherever to the wrinkle to go follow a, a certain group. Uh, I was with my beloved Deborah, my, my branch administrator, and, and she wasn't quite as interested in hanging until the end, and I'm old. I don't want to, uh, you know, fight traffic. Right. And I want to. <laughs> so uh, I ended up watching the very end of it uh, live, uh, the playoff, which was absolutely amazing. Uh, it's one of those things. It's always easy after, but 
I wish I was smart enough to hang around. I mean, that would have been electric for life to have. Mm-hmm. Listen, I totally get Taylor it. Like roll that in that neighborhood you're in. It's like it's a lot of you know, it's a lot of parking, a lot of traffic. But it was. Um, and by the way, that where you guys were, and, and I appreciate the invitation. Where you guys were stationed there, that ninth hole, that par three, that had to be great. Watching it guys, it was awesome, and you know. Yeah. They walked off the green through the stands mm-hmm. to go to the tenth hole, so you could be like two feet away from them as they were going between holes. So that was a really exciting dimension there. So you could just chill uh, if you wanted to. You can get close to the action, all all the, all the different things. So it, it was so good. I, I, I tell you, I don't know if I'm happier that he won or that I'm never going to have to hear that. We haven't won since no, exactly. Right. Yeah, it's, it's funny that that sentence that's been uttered for sixty nine years is done now. Uh, now we just have to see if we can get the Leafs to uh, you know get an expansion team, get a good you know, roster. A, just think about that. If the Leafs won the Stanley Cup, that stuff about the last time they won it, there was no color TV, and yeah, yeah. last time they won it, you know the you know um, um, there was no interracial marriage in fifteen oh, yeah. states or something. You know what I mean? All that stuff is. Would be behind be gone. All that, all all, all that uh, fodder that Montreal Canadian fans have will, will be gone. Listen, man, Tim at RaymondJames.ca. Have this kind of conversation with the Sherpa, and you'll come away like we do with a, a, a glowing buzz of uh, of uh, tranquility. There you go. Oh, I'm I'm sorry to interject, but yes. uh, Deborah reminded me that yesterday was my 31st anniversary in the biz. Uh, June there 13th. you go. So, Wow. I've, I've made it uh, almost intact through 31 years in this industry. Well, happy anniversary, boss. You. Keep it going. Don't go anywhere, man. I need you to babysit my money for another 10 years. <laughs> uh, with pleasure. All right, pal. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Enjoy and profit. There okay, you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm paralyzed. Are you paralyzed, friend? Are you really? I kept saying to myself. <laughs> yeah, paralyzed. Paralyzed. Doll. <laughs> Breathing through a tube. Doll, get my food. Uh, Dandoran got a little spicy this morning. I, I, I didn't. I, by the time I saw your note, Dan was texting me during the Tony Clement interview. Possible Tony question, Dan says. Don't politicians realize it pisses people off if they answer a question with the answer to a totally different question? Why not say something honest? Demands Citizen Dan Duran. And, <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that out and, there. And um, what was the uh, question that you were, was in question? Mm-hmm. Oh, I just keep seeing it over and over again. You, you know, you see interviewers, you know, or you know, uh, people at commissions or whatever asking a question, or even in the in, in Parliament, and then the, the the response is like, "What the? What are you talking about? It has nothing to do with the question." They move on to you know something. You're asking a question about. You know, uh, I don't know, uh, the economy, and it turns into wildfires. The answer has something to do with wildfires. Mm-hmm. So I'm what, sorry. So what was the question? <laughs> what what question? Well, the question from the opposition would be, what's the government doing about the economy? So the oh. person from the uh, the government would say, well, uh, let's not forget about the wildfires. And mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with the economy question, right? right? right so okay. it's just that those are yeah, just the, listen to a com, uh, any interview with a politician that doesn't want to answer the question and they divert with that, you know, like an answer to nothing. And that's all of them. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it doesn't matter the party. It doesn't. And some are better than others, obviously. Um, 
Like but our, if that's that's one of the things that destroys people's respect for politicians. Yes, it does, Dan. Mm, You're so correct. Anyway, just, that's why I thought I'd ask one to see Tony being a politician, you know, his response to that. That's all. OK, Maybe next but time. I, I got confused because I thought it was a question you thought he was dodging. Oh, no, not, yeah. not specifically. Just in no, general. because the way you wrote it was you said possible Tony question. Oh, I see. I thought that was a question for what Tony that he had avoided a question we had asked oh, him. I should, uh, That's why the confusion came in, Dan Duran. Got it, yeah. Um, there's been a bit of a, uh, a confusion here that uh, I didn't see on the schedule, but I see that uh, Daryl Croft from EVNet has uh, joined us. So, Dan, uh, as we do here, we're a um, client-driven uh, broadcast supported by clients. Right. So you want to push off the... Uh, We're going to have uh, to push back the news the for news. five push minutes. Push back the news. Okay. Okay. Uh, do fine. apologize. Uh, Daryl Croft right. will be uh, joining us now. Um, and while that's happening, Frederick, do you want to... Uh, now, let's, we'll save the uh, chamber plan. Hey, uh, Daryl Croft is here, and um, I didn't see it on the schedule, so I've already talked about EVNet, but you know what? There's lots of discuss here. How are you, sir? Good, good, Howard. How are you? Dude, uh, ever since we had lunch, all I can think of is, why is our crap province not doing more for electric vehicles? <laughs> Everybody in the industry is talking about that. and it, it just makes life easier. And I think they have bigger fish to fry, I think, right now. Yeah, but Fred said something a minute ago. We were talking about Bonnie Crombie possibly running uh, for the liberal. She'll become the liberal nominee, become maybe the premier of the province. And, he, and Fred said, well, I got no problem with uh, what Doug Ford's doing. And I almost said, well, what I know one thing he's not doing. He's not helping the electric vehicle industry. Right. right. And, and again, like, I don't mean like top to bottom. No, I no, I know. I know. Generally, you can pick uh, scabs along the way, and he's got a few. I know that. And that would be one. Because Dar- this was this came up in our lunch because Daryl educated me, and I think this is important for other people to know, that we're literally in one of the worst provinces in Canada to own an electric vehicle in, which is ridiculous. Daryl, take it away. Yeah. You look at all over the world, really, not even in Canada, any... Uh, areas that have grown EV adoption have, have had government support. The reality is they've done some incentives to help people get there because people need some encouragement to make that shift. It's it's not easy to go to a new technology. So you look over in, in BC and Quebec, they, they brought, and these programs change all the time. It's not like they're there for years. But if you have an objective to help people go there, you put in a program, give people some encouragement, and you review it next year. So even throughout the U.S., a lot of the states have figured out, okay, let's put an incentive here and there to get unused and new. Now, there's an issue been that new EVs may be hard to get or a little too expensive for the average person. So a province have brought in used EV rebates as well. And and it, it, it makes people think about it at least. Well, if I get, you know, a couple of thousand dollars to help pay something. But Ontario went the other way. And we're the most populous province, the most cars. You know, we generate the most emissions from it. And, and I guess the, the bigger picture of it, if, if everyone sat down and look at how much better li- people's lives get with driving EV and say, OK, let's help them because we're going to win. You know, you get an EV a year down the road and say, I'm really happy. I, and that made a difference instead of saying, you know, we're just not getting there. Right. So that's uh, hopefully he, he, it may be weird somewhere on the list. Hopefully the, they look at it later. But right now there's no indication. But why did they reverse well, you know, there was an what argument the early on. Yeah. 
there's an argument early on that they um, they had a new rebate that was very generous and, and and people were going and and I think it was a political move. You just swipe the, the slate clean of anything out there that had liberal on it. So I think they just cleaned it off and never got back to mm-hmm. thinking about it again. And there's right. no indication they will. So I'm not saying the other program was maybe it was too generous the first one. I think it probably was early on. But now we're at the total other end where there's nothing. And all you have to do is look at what's going on. Other parts of the world are moving to EVs. People are happy. The air is cleaner. People are less health issues. And now with air the last year, you think, man, I wish we had less crap in the air. We'd be breathing a little bit easier than than we are right now. Yeah. Well, fires aside, Daryl, let's talk a couple, a little bit of the numbers. So federally, Canadians are given $5,000. Uh, yes. As a rebate, is that on new or used? Either okay. Only on so you yes. get a five thousand dollar rebate, and then, and so you still have access to that in Ontario, but Ontario is the only province that gives nothing on top of that. BC, Correct. BC. So give us the numbers. BC gives you another five or six. Quebec is up to a seven or eight. Yep, and then even Nova Scotia, Brunswick, it's twenty five hundred to get a get a used EV on top of that. So all the major provinces, well, a significant number have different thousands of dollars. It could right. range from two to five thousand, really. And they've changed it. Like BC has such an adoption rate now, they've modified a bit. They they allocate X number of dollars, right, to get things going. But we just don't have anything. So the idea is do something to bring some awareness. Although I must say, more and more, I you know, I find where I am, my footprint when I'm not going up north is pretty limited, 410, 401, this whole area. I can't really go out without seeing a Tesla on the road now. You like, are right. Because are. of the, you know, their shape, you notice them. And I'm just surprised. There just seems to be a lot of them. Yeah, just relative to other parts of the world and, and other states, we're be, we are behind, but they are, you're right, Fred, they went one to two to three to five to six. So we're, we're, we're getting there, but at a half the rate we could be. That's all. Right. Yeah, that's it is point. happening well, I, anyway. And, you know, you know, we've talked about this before. Once you drive an EV and you go, your friend or your neighbor talks about it, they tell you, you get it, you're not going back. You're, you're sticking with EVs. So it's it's organically happening at a certain pace anyway. Mm-hmm. And one of the, like, when we were having lunch, I was fascinated by all this. because And Daryl's not, like, <clears throat> making a statement like, um... This isn't just about the evnet.ca experience, which I, which I spoke about quite a bit uh, earlier. This is about the idea that Daryl um, just want is I, I found it the, our lunch fascinating because it's almost like you're advocating for electric energy in general. This uh, the idea that here we are in this biggest province, and Doug Ford, for whatever reason, doesn't want to address something that other provinces have. That could make a difference, and not just because Daryl has an EV business. Right. Way beyond me, that's for sure. And and the car is one part of it, but the infrastructure is the other. So when you're replacing, you're introducing new technology, more efficient technology, just EVs are way more efficient, and, and our grid is really clean. So we use electricity. We're getting clean energy versus fossil fuel. It's night and day. So making more things available to use electricity just makes the air cleaner, more efficient. So it is. And, and there's so much money that goes into retrofits and new builds, but something as simple as having a new building sort of have conduits set up if somebody wants to go EVs, but there's been a resistance against that rather than supporting it uh, to some degree as other jurisdictions are really saying, Hey, you can't mm-hmm. build a condo without making it EV ready. Right. It's just, 
you know, you got to prepare. You got to look beyond the next election to do this. This is long term stuff, right? Right. Um, the day you had lunch with Howard, um, did you feel <laughs> awkward that he had finished his lunch and you weren't like a quarter of the way through? No, <laughs> no I eat pretty fast myself. Oh, yeah. You know what? Oh, okay. <laughs> we were talking so much. It was it was really a great conversation. The food was secondary. Really, oh, see, <laughs> see, I can food have- was secondary with. Howard. <laughs> see, I can have normal conversations with people. <laughs> what I thought, what, what I thought he was going to say is, when you had lunch with Howard, how much of uh, his food ended up on his shirt? Oh, that was the second question. No. <laughs> a little um, bit did. I know. I remember that. Whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Sauces. Um, I, well, I'm glad we had this conversation because I wanted to uh, recreate it on the show about the idea that, and, and when, when Daryl's talking about infrastructure, that goes beyond this election. Okay, so it's, and I, I want to compare this a little bit to the fact that here we are in one of the greatest cities in the world, and our subway system sucks. And the time to have fixed it was 30, 40 years ago. And every year that goes by, we miss out on an opportunity to make it a a world-class city because that's what's holding us back. And this is going to be the same thing, as you say, other places around the world as they build new buildings. Like there's three different condos here on the Queensway. The infrastructure for electric vehicle adoption needs to be in those now, not when the liberals come back. And that's the short sightedness. And maybe just before you go, like, so what's holding Doug Ford back then from at least, you know, allowing that infrastructure to flourish? Well, I'm not an expert in in government policy, but um, there is more costs up front when you when you put in anything extra. It's almost like you hear these stories when they build a car and a a two dollar part didn't get added because they've added all that. It's almost the same with buildings. You run extra conduit, extra line. Builders may not want to do that. And and they have a lot of sway when it comes to development and and they, they do have his ears. So it may be something he doesn't want to have mandatory in there. It's optional and and, and as optional, it does, it's not going to happen all the time because uh, if you're an investor in a condo and you don't care, you're not living there, mm-hmm. what do you care about EV? You're like, I don't want to pay extra. Give me a lower price to get it. And, and I think it's a short-sighted view to it when really it's more valuable down the road when people want to have an EV and they don't buy your condo because it doesn't have EV charging. You're paying later. Well, that's exa- it exactly. Like a builder would be like, okay. Although even a builder now in 2023, knowing the, the 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 EV cars are going to be, they're here. So how could you build a building without that attraction attraction for somebody to be able to charge their vehicle at your building as one of the um, you know attributes of of the place you're selling? Anyway, well, it's, they're becoming aware now that that is becoming a big deal. I was at a condo in Mississauga last week. That's it's it's a condo been around a well known one, and um, Teslas are pouring in and out like crazy, yeah. and they're just starting to implement EV charging now. And you're looking, the people are going across the street. They're charging at work. I go. It was so much more convenient if they had chargers, and they don't have any right now. So wow. it's uh, people are starting to look at it and they're saying, "Wow, I wish we would have had this in before." Awareness is happening. The technology is so much better now in condos. Like you, you don't have to pay yourself. There's companies will come in and set up the infrastructure, and you just pay a monthly fee to use it instead of a big outlay up front. Mm-hmm. So Amazing. that's really going leaps and bounds where it was even a few years ago. Really exciting stuff. 
You know, I forgot about this. Yesterday, um, it was revealed Ontario's budget watchdog says that the Ontario government has $22.6 billion in excess funds, whatever that means. But when I read that story, they brought the EVs into it like, well, this is an opportunity now to promote that industry. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a Let's see what happens. Maybe we're on the verge of something. But well, I hope so. Right. Was, we, that was just in the news yesterday, actually. The big thing is we just want to be behind. Like you said, we're a world-class mm-hmm. city. We want to be leaders. Yes. And yet we're behind on a simple thing that's happening all over the world. Like right. It's happening everywhere. So it'd be nice to get in the game. Well, I, sure. I appreciate you taking uh, your time to talk about electric uh, vehicles in general. I spoke about your company in specifics, evnet.ca. <laughs> and uh, this was a, 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 a welcome surprise. And I'm glad we got a chance to have this conversation, dude. Um, Next time would be dinner, Howard. I don't know about that because that's in the evening and I get a little bit, uh, you know, <laughs> sketched out when it's too late in the Daryl, thank you very much, my friend. Thanks. See you later. Guys. Okay, man, take learn, it easy. Now, there you go. There's a guy that knows what he's doing. Learn more about mm-hmm. the EV experience at evnet.ca. Freddie, who else should we talk about right now? Well, the Chamber's plan, uh, Canada, oh, um, yeah, Canada's number one plan for small business. Uh, the Chamber's plan, uh, go to chamberplan.ca. There's a little badge there. Click on it. You get a uh, free quote. And just know as you navigate this thing that you're going to be seeing a lot of products. And then you'll be going, wow, wait, wait a minute. It cost me this, this much to be part of that. Yeah, I want in. I want in. Again, they're always uh, introducing new products as well, like the Mental Health Navigator Program. Expert guidance when you need it. The Mental Health Navigator offers guidance and navigation to members with a mental health condition seeking an expert opinion on an existing diagnosis or treatment. Just a, just a great spin on that. And uh, also they have My Strength, which is a multi-condition digital mental health um, uh actually that addresses both clinical and uh, subclinical conditions like stress uh, stress and uh, you know depression and what have you it's uh, an app where you can actually in real time converse with someone so uh, again just an indication of what the chambers plan can offer chamberplan.ca All right, I know. If I had a mouse, this would be working by now. Here's <laughs> <laughs> to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hell of a big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. <gasps> Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes and has for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang, so he don't care And his voice is nice and low Hello, my voice is nice and low And now (laughs) Soon to be the voice of a corporation he hates (laughs) Not true, not true Soon to be the voice of reason on this program Movie anchorman for many years uh, some of your most uh, famous blockbusters featured this man doing the news, and now here he is, Don DeRue. Deadline Ecuador. When you die, make sure you're dead. At the wake of a 76-year-old woman, mourners heard a slight knocking coming mm. from the coffin, from inside the coffin. Retired nurse Bella Montoya was admitted to hospital after suffering uh, a possible stroke and cardiopulmonary arrest. When she did not respond to resuscitation, a doctor on duty declared her dead. 
but apparently not dead yet. Her daughter said the wake had about 20 of us there after about five hours at the wake. Mm. The coffin started to make sounds. My mom was wrapped in sheets and hitting the coffin. And when we approached, we could see that she was breathing heavily. Yeah. The the funeral home lost a customer and the hospital got a return. It's very good, Dan. Well written, too. Um, What was was the cause of the alleged death? Probably a stroke or the cardiopulmonary arrest uh, issue. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. I just wonder, could could that ever happen here? It must have been pretty primitive, the hospital, that... They can't determine the woman's death. I mean, come on. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe it was somebody's first day on the job. <laughs> you know, that's right. I don't give know. This, oh, she's old. She give had, it to the intern. She looks mm-hmm. dead to me. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, half the you know half the crowd's probably going, I'm glad the old bitch is dead, right? That's right. Great. Yeah. Now we're going to get access to her money. We don't have to look after her anymore. And then knock, knock, knock. And it's like, oh, Jesus Christ, she's alive. You know, you immediately think it, people would be rejoiceful. I'm not so sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure. Interesting take, sure. as usual. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking, yeah. yeah, half the crowd's like, oh, the old bitch My, is dead. <laughs> where, where was this again? God, she's dead. Mm-hmm. Where was this again? Dan? This is in Ecuador. Yeah. I don't think yeah. there's a lot of people in the crowd going, oh, I can't, can't wait to get her money. How much money do you think she had? You don't know. You don't know. <laughs> My takeaway was that they have, like, wakes that are longer than five hours, obviously. Oh, yeah. Five hours at a wake. Holy That's a cow. long time. I, halfway through, I'd be like, can I leave now? <laughs> <And> I <can't. laughs> hey, listen. A two-hour wake, that poor bugger may have been in the ground when she started knocking on that. Exactly. exactly. Yes. Yeah. Why am I playing this song, you ask? Why are you playing this song? You'll see in a minute. It was uh, McCartney's birthday, I think, too. Was it? Uh, yesterday, I think I heard. Here we go. Okay. Someone knocking at the door. Somebody ringing the bell. That's right. Someone's, Someone's knocking, at the, knocking at the door. Somebody ringing, ringing the, bell. the bell. Do me a favor. Open the door. Dig her up. <laughs> what album is this from? Band on the Runner. I don't have that information on it, my friend. It's it's a remastered on, uh, I don't know, buddy, McCartney. I don't know. I love these albums. A couple Uh, of things here. hmm. In the olden days, they used to have bells that they had attached to the That's right. And then the bell, uh, after they bury the person in the olden days. Freddie's, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. They had a doorbell in case they were still alive. That's right. They They did. They gave him a doorbell. Um, The other thing is, did you hear that that AI is helping Paul McCartney put together a new uh, 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 song? Uh, well, I, I played a song. I played that song a couple weeks ago, the uh, Lennon McCartney song. Mm-hmm. But I, is there an? Well, by the way, Freddie uh, is wings at the speed of sound. Is the oh, okay, uh, right, right, right. But Dan, what's no. your? What are you saying? Well, there's a song that John Lennon wrote that they did it. He did a demo of, and uh, the AI managed to clean up the singing. Oh, okay, and isolate the track. And he's uh, working on this track. But too. I played you. I think you were with us the day I played you that. Yeah, AI it was a fake could, Beatles song. Fake Beatles song. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. all right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Fred, is it his birthday? Somebody looked that up. Uh, I, know. I, it's, I think it's Trump's birthday. Yeah, it was Trump's birthday. He's saying happy birthday to himself. Orange Hitler. Uh, I hope he chokes on his birthday cake. Fucking Orange Hitler. Um, mm. 
Dan, are you going to do one more story? Because it's, it's a long show. But we are doing a long show because tomorrow we've got emails, and then next week we're off. So um, yeah, Maybe we should just break this show up and, you know, do part, part A. Right. You know, to be continued somewhere along the line. McCartney is June 18th. And he'll be turning, what, 80? Uh, 40, no, 81. Jesus Christ. Looks pretty good. Yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Just think about it. if you're Paul McCartney, the and he's been a vegan for years and smokes some nice weeds. Probably got great weed or you know rejuvenating weed and the kind of creams you can afford and uh, you know the health regimes and probably getting like goat embryo injections every other day and stuff. I mean, come on, you're Paul McCartney. You can afford that stuff. There's creams that, that make you look young. You think? Oh fuck! Well, at that level of society, shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. half and half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not half and half. It's that uh, French. It's that fr- French vanilla stuff they serve. It's have at Seven Eleven. Mm. It's made some kind of oil. Uh, Dan, uh, do you want to save the? Uh, are you going to save that second story? Well, I can, whatever you want me to do. I so think we should save it. Take a minute. All right, do it. All right, okay. Hold on. All right. Let me get Dan's fucking Christ, second we're story. We're not going to be on. We're not going to be on next week. All right. Yeah. I still, I still have another show to do today. All right. Okay. Uh, now with the second story. Uh, live from Lisa's place, Anchorman Dan Duran. Is the fourth estate going down? I don't know if there's a leading indicator, but it might be. Mohawk College has suspended its first year journalism programming. Mm. Dropping enrollment and few jobs for graduates is behind the decision. According to the college CEO, the journalism industry is changing dramatically and the demand for graduates out there is not there. Mohawk will review the journalism program in the coming months and decide next spring whether to resume the first year intake as part uh, of its ongoing assessment. Do we hmm. bring it back? Do we modify it? Do we uh, deliver it in a different way is what he said. Journalism students heading into their second and third years will be able to complete the program. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. You know, I mean, even look at the, all those radio programs like... You know, you're bringing the kids in, you're taking their tuition, and it's like, what are you turning them out to? Right. You know, uh, you know that whole sunset business idea. Yeah, it's too bad, but it's what happens. But in the long term, that could affect, I mean, you know, just having no journalism students going into the business, what does that mean for the business? Right. If that's, you know, if it's... It, 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 I think we really need that as part of our democracy. Yeah, but, but where? But there's no listen. There's not all. There's there's not very many cushy journalism jobs like yours anymore, Dan Duran, Anchorman. I mean, mm. we can. Know, there's only one of you. We can't. I guess we'll turn it over to AI. But it would be tough to come out and get a job at a newspaper, and then you look at all the online. Fee- a kid could take the attitude. Now I'm a good writer. I'll just start my own online news service without sure. going to college or whatever. It's worked for some. Yeah. Uh, and, and as we've said for years, if you're going into journalism or radio or some kind of broadcast experience, the chances are you'd be able to, you know, really the, the degree isn't the thing that got you the gig. It's the fact that you were tenacious and, you know, and you. And, and, and I'll tell you, look at the advent. When would when would voice tracking have really took hold in our business? Was oh, the, the first th- job I had was voice tracking. 
And that was back in... With the, a reel-to-reel, like I know. Yeah. yeah. Again, I'm asking that question. Well, I actually but, did it. Where it became, you know, like a Toronto announcer right. now would become the midday person in Winnipeg or something. Well, I can tell you the um, first time it occurred, whatever, that, that when we started and I had that gig voice tracking middays at another radio station, that was kind of... That around 2011, 2010, mm-hmm. where, I, where the radio station had other people from outside the market voice tracking the, out, the utter perimeter shifts. So, yeah, 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Which meant, you know, young talent wasn't being developed. Right. Anyway, my point being, they, you know, the radio industry jumped all over that without worrying about developing new talent that didn't be- become part of the equation anymore. This AI, uh, AI stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, look out, man. Look out. When you turn the radio on a few years, that people will be not part of the equation at all. Well, they were, vo- actually, let's go back. They've been voice tracking all night shows. Yeah. For even longer. Uh, Dan Duran, uh, wish you the very best uh, on your project. Uh, Dan's uh, uh, going to be um, in Stratford. If you're in the Stratford area and you see Dan Duran, uh, please remember no eye contact. And, uh, <laughs> divert, uh, divert your eyes. Divert, yeah. But also, also be, don't be, you know, no crotch contact either, for crying out loud, okay? <laughs> don't stare at his wiener area wondering, is that really... Um, I hope that uh, the Doug man, Dougie, is uh, feeling better. Uh, we'll be, like I said, we're not on next week. Yes, it's golf related, but also, you know what, folks? Uh, it's been almost two and a half months that uh, me and the other old guy have been uh, going at it. So we're going to take a week off. It's summertime. What do you want from us? Uh, we'll be back that's on. Just uh, the way it is. That's just, just the, the way it is, is baby. We'll be back on um, on uh, the nineteenth of June. And then uh, sometime I've got to get a figure out a way to get you this. Oh, yes. Okay. We'll figure that out. Yes. Yeah, thank you will. for the Wrexham hat. I love that. I know. You're going to fucking dig the shit out of it. We won't be back on the 19th of June. It'll be the 26th. Uh, 19th is this Monday. Okay. We're not coming back. Forget, forget that. It's next Someday week. Someday we'll return. <laughs> we're going <laughs> to... We'll think it through. That's great. We're off next week, but we're also back on next week. <laughs> Fuck, that's how it's going to... That's what it's going to be like for me. I'll just be like... Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, this show's going to make less and less sense. Oh, that's right. We're back. <laughs> as the days go on. Yeah, we're off next week, but listen all next week for when we're back. We're back on June 26th, on June 28th. Yes. Now that I... You know, what hap- you know what June 28th is? Can you tell me what that is? Somebody's birthday, right? No. An anniversary of some sort. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, the Humble and Pritchell anniversary. No. No. Okay. Um, your wedding anniversary. Yes. Ah, very good. We better 40. plan something then, right? Yeah. Not really. Not really. You know 40. what you should do? Listen, I'll let, I got a great idea. Why don't you buy that other Rexham hat off me? Give it to Dolly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Give everybody. It to Give it to Dolly. All right, people. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Architect Outdoor Living, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, and our newest sponsor, Stretch Lab Toronto, helping you improve your posture and relaxation and decreasing your stress. We read all of our emails, and we've got that Thursday email show coming up. 
Here's the address. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Pretty simple. Liking and subscribing, also simple. Helps us out. Writing a review takes a little more time, but also helps us out. And giving us hearts and stars helps us out, too. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. Proof is not in the pudding. Proof has an aftertaste. So eat the pudding and enjoy every goddamn day. Just clap your hands. Where's that?